0: You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. I was knocked off my microphone in excitement there as we started this episode. Um felt a little bit in disbelief of what I've just seen. Aston Villa have, have made a, a comeback to come back and win that game 3-1 against Fulham after a, a turgid 77-78 minutes. Uh, the old cliche, a game of two halves, it's a game of 77 minutes and a game of 13 minutes because after Tresgo got that first goal, Villa switched it on and uh, team, that first 77 minutes was... dire.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a tough one to take, man. Um, but what we all wanted, we wanted um, some entertainment, mate. It's I think what we all wanted um, and we weren't getting that for God knows until Keenan Davis came on, maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just about the subs change the game, didn't they? And we'll get onto the subs in a little bit. But as Phil Curley says, and I think the uh, caption for this says, "Never in doubt."
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was for a good while. Um, I was trying to. I was having peak anxiety, trying to think of what am I going to say again. You know, yeah. one 0 lost to Fulham. I was like, "What can we?" Because Matt's not even here, so we can't talk about like socks or like pork chops or. or well, something, we can talk you know? about what we want, but yeah, we don't have
0: that be... usual Matt Kendrick nonsense to come on. So I was, I was really I dreading it. Up. I was really dreading this podcast, thinking even 20 minutes in, 45 minutes in, 70 minutes in. I'm thinking, I, oh, I can't be bothered to talk about this. And even with the wind, obviously, it's a, it's, a, it's great that Villa turn it round, but it's it it gives us more questions than answers.
1: Yeah, don't you think? No. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's almost like when you perform like all that, the big question is why isn't that every week and yeah. just football, is it, man? Man, it's just, you know, if you're a Chelsea fan, 5-2 to West Brom, you just get footballed sometimes and Villa have been footballed for, uh, since <laughs> since December, mate. So we've had it tough. Um, we haven't had it tough as tough as many clubs, but it's still been a rough ride. And, you know, yeah. people question Dean Smith's position, of course, it's going to be a rough ride. It's gonna, people are going to be feeling negative and in doubt. That Fulham game, man, um, 30 minutes at the end may be really good. Um, 60 minutes where it was really, really bad. And, you know, some of the things you see tweeted are not just from us fans um what you see from like pundits, uh, and I know, you know, Ash, who we work with, and you see like, oh, Ross Barkley's not on the bench and he's, you know, not coming down the tunnel after half time. You're thinking, is that the club we are now then? Are we having this bit of dif- dysfunction? Mm. I'm not saying Keenan Davis is a catalyst, but you, you know, he comes on after, uh, and, you know, um, Jacob Ramsey comes on after Douglas Louise kind of does a, a pirouette in, in our, in our yeah. defensive third for whatever reason. You're thinking, that's, that's what we are now. Come out with a bit of dynamite, don't they? And, not saying they changed the game, but clearly, clearly they must have done something because yeah, when, the, when those two players come on, look at different team and the urgencies. Um, Tyrone Mings as well. He had, the, he had the whole career in one game, didn't he? Sloppy mistakes <laughs> makes up for it. So, mate, mental. You know, it's really hard to predict, say even how you feel because there's yeah. so much poor, poor play. The scoreline's 3-1. Trezeguet as well. So many people you can talk about.
0: What do you think we celebration? i have post a picture <laughs> on here. It's put, put his hand and gun to his head. And his a stinger like this, I think, so. as <laughs> well. Yeah, yeah, man. So, running around like this at the corner, flag. what, what are you doing, mate?
1: Yeah, but um, I don't know what statement that. Like, I think it's like, you know, don't uh, don't write me off. And I think everyone had, look, he's got the right to prove people wrong. Everyone's got the right to criticise him, but he's got the right to prove people wrong. And he came on like, you know, absolute hitman out there. There's, I think the second shot he had when it was just like a, a ballistic missile coming off yeah. his foot, and you think he's on it, and it, today he really is on it. Comes on, scores a goal. Looks like he's gonna get a second, then does taps it in. It's you know can't praise some of the people in that villa squad enough. Like I genuinely cannot because it was a, uh, a performance for the character, um, when it mattered. Yeah, so, only fifteen yeah, it's, it's minutes though. Like, so. Yeah, fifteen minutes that mattered though, it? Like yeah. Fulham might be thinking, Well, we had we had the sixty minutes, but they needed yeah, points, so. mate, like and they ain't got them." so
0: Yeah, yeah I, I understand what you mean. It is a it is a great comeback and it does show character, but I kind of I don't know if I... I'm at risk of sounding stupid here, which is every podcast. But I don't know whether I read too much into that last 15 minutes, yeah. even though we'll turn it around. I'm more concerned by why it took it that far to, to beat Fulham, and why we've been poor for several weeks without Jack. Why has it taken this long to try and play four four two and be a bit different? Why yeah. can't we have tried this weeks ago and maybe things have been different sooner? Why did it have to wait till 77 minutes against Fulham? We had not even had a shot on target till that point. So I'm a little bit still bogged down with how poor it was for that that opening 70-odd minutes. Yeah, the, the last 20 was was much better when we win the game. and That's the main thing. We all want to win games. But is that just papered over the cracks, as a, a few people in the comments are saying?
1: I don't know. Look, it was coming off the international break. It's never peak time for Villa. It's never peak time for football. It takes a while to get back, kind of get going, as a cliche says. But just two sides are like, cancelling each other, right? And you're thinking, you know, if one side's going to give it away, like Villa's last three goals, four goals... It's just been gifts the, 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 the yeah. ones against Spurs that end at Newcastle, the goals that we are, you know we're horrified by. It's not and I don't wanna do the other team is down and say, Oh, they haven't been playing like they deserve it. We've just went, oh, you know what, have a few cracks at goal, or here's you know, have the ball on the line, or you know, have an open goal to shoot at. That's what we were. So, you know, that match was heading for nil-nil. And I think the commentator Alan Smith said, you know, one moment of magic changes this, and I'm thinking, yeah, it's gonna be a one-nil, isn't it? And it's gonna be a one-nil to Fulham because we're gonna give them the ball. Tyra Mings does what his critics would say has been on the cards for a while and you're thinking no way Villa come back from this no way yeah. that they're not that side then they do it so don't know where I'll stand but look I think however you feel about that match you're absolutely bang on to feel that way if you're disappointed because we had a bad 60 minutes yeah it was turgid man we've had bad weeks we've had bad bad months but if you're buzzing because of the comeback, and it, while well, it shows we can be, that's fair enough. It's, it's a game of two sides. It's going to be a game of split opinions because yeah. of the nature of it. But we won it. We won it. <laughs> we wanted it. Let's,
0: let's go through things in, in chronological order then. 3.30 this afternoon, no Jack Grealish in that starting lineup graphic that yep. Villa post on Twitter. There's a few rumblings on Twitter this morning that he wasn't going to be in there from people that seem to get things right every so often. So, semi-prepared for it anyway, but you know, you never think until the club confirm it is when we'll deal yeah. with it. Then you get people saying, oh, why can't Dean Smith just be honest with us? Why can't he just say yesterday? You know, yesterday's press conference, he's saying, yeah, Fulham, he'll play 99% sure and all the rest of it. And then we, you get round today, he doesn't play and everyone goes, why, why are we being lied to? Mm-hmm. I just want Jack to play. I want to be told the truth. Why, when will we hear the extent of Jack Grudish's shin splint injury and all the rest of it? As far as I'm concerned, it's a, he's trying this week is okay. Had a bit of a reaction yesterday, wasn't fit enough to play. Yeah, I think but there's no you know, lying.
1: Yeah, it's it's like you you want to think that might say, like, be a oh, Villa, or something.
0: People, people like Villa have posted old photos of of Grealish, old training photos. Those photos are taken this week.
1: <laughs> yeah, I struggle. I struggle with that one. um It's just I, I know why people are going to be infuriated because you know you're to the fact that Villa are, aren't the same team without Grealish. And, look, we're pretty rubbish with Grealish for a good four yeah, weeks. So, yeah. so it maybe comes back to the team and we dynamite and it replicates what we did in the championship and we go on a massive winning run and we're all happy. But I think fans just want to see Grealish back so, so badly because it's almost like you believe he's that catalyst and he is a special player. He can be, not be that, but can't forget that we were bad for weeks with him. Against Brian. we weren't making anything with him in the, yeah. in the team. if He was playing with a, an injury or, or whatever, but... You know, I think people want to think that's a conspiracy, or whatever. It, I think I'm like you. I feel like he's been fine. He's come back, he got into training. Whatever's happened in training, or maybe he wasn't completely ready. Pointless risking him if he's that good of a player. And then if we if we can find twenty minutes to be really good and score three goals, then against Fulham, I don't see the harm. Yeah, exactly what we just said here from David. Why have we been lied to by Smith?
0: I don't think it is a lie. As much as Jack Grealish is this amazing talent, he's had seven weeks without playing. He's had three or four days training. I don't think he gets thrown straight in regardless of who it is. If it isn't Jack Grealish and it's a fringe player or someone who's in and around the squad and they get an injury and they're out for six or seven weeks or however long it's been now, they don't, they don't come straight back in, do they? So I just don't think he's fit and ready to go. I think he's trained this week. So I think, yeah, fit, he'll play, but he's feeling a little bit tense Don't want to risk it. There's no point. It's against Fulham. We probably should win, to be honest. And at a stage today, that would have all blown up in our faces. But we've won without him. So does it really matter? It's another week without him. He comes back next week, hopefully. And that's all there is to it. I don't think there is a case of Dean Smith lying and the club lying about him and posting old pictures and whatever conspiracy theories go out there. I just don't think he's ready.
1: Yeah, I think the Dean Smith thing and the Villa thing with injuries, it happens with every player. Like, when Keenan Davis and Ross Barkley, when is he back? Oh, next week. When is he back? Oh, next week. Oh, he's getting better. It happens, like, when most players at Villa get injured, when are they back? Oh, they're back soon. Nine on percent, sure he'll be on the bench. Not on the bench. It's amplified to about, you know, a thousand times more when it comes to... Yeah, we January. want to see it. Yeah. So, it's just, it's just it's something that's been happening for ages and it, it's not highlighted. And whether it's even a problem or not, it's not highlighted until it's Jack Grealish and obviously everyone wants to see him back. because. Mr. Villarrena, he? and he's a special yeah. player. So. so, that times by thousand.
0: Yeah, it's just one of those things, and he'll be back when he's back. And it's, it'll be frustrating until he's there, and that's that's as far as it goes. I, I don't think there's any mad conspiracy theory to go at. Um, yeah, talking of conspiracy theories, let's talk about VAR and the nonsense that is VAR. <laughs> um, first of all, was it a penalty on on Watkins? Man,
1: I don't know because I don't even know like what constitutes a penalty. And you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's so much second yes. obvious. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, what, what is clear and obvious because uh, that wasn't clear and obvious to me enough to go back to the monitor. Then when no. they go back to the monitor, you're like he's gonna you know he's gonna change his mind. And they only like, showed him one replay as well on the on the monitor? The thing the thing is though, if whether the Watkins one was dubious and it probably was, like the McGinn one, like I thought yeah, that had yeah, more, more of a yeah. case. So I don't know when it's like it moves out of phase of play, but football's so fluid that there's phases of play. It's like when um, Mings gave that goal and the Man City attacker was offside. Yeah. It's like, I it would change the phase of play. It's like, yeah, it changed about 40 times from when the ball was travelling. <laughs> the football's so fluid. Yeah, It is, it is frustrating, man. Um, the application of VAR is still something every fan has difficulty with. I don't see anyone really praising it massively. Probably not even the refs, really. It's just rough. And it's... You know, if we were in stadiums, we've all been there and it was, you know, you're waiting minutes for a resolution and it's not going to be the one you want. So I don't like it, man.
0: There's a few there's actually, there's more people in the comments suggesting that it wasn't a penalty, more so than I thought. Mm. I was a little bit torn for a long time. I still thought it was a penalty, even when I saw it a couple of times because it's so like... It's one of those ones where they seem to both get to the ball at the same time. And people saying, oh, the ball deviated. I think even sooner said it deviates off this way. So it has to be the Fulham play. So it could still get a nick off Watkins first and then go. It, but then that is the problem with VAR, yeah. isn't it? You're getting so minute in the details that it doesn't need, it's not worthy of being talked about. It looked like in the first um, real time that it was a penalty. The ref gives it. It's not an obvious area. So it should be left, is how I think VAR should be used. And that's not yeah. because it's in favour of Villa. Then there's people saying, "But if that was against Villa, we'd all be fuming about it." So again, it's one of those ones that, fortunately, it doesn't it doesn't affect the result today. But again, just sick of the IR, to be honest, and, and just bored of it.
1: Yeah, on on the Watkins one, like it's it swings and roundabouts. Just you know, sometimes stuff like that gets given, sometimes it doesn't. My personal thought is it probably wasn't a penalty. Again, the McGinn one for me was yeah. more. But if you're reviewing that, then you're reviewing everything, and you're reviewing it it's so forensically, it's like. I thought VAR would be a really good introduction to the game. You know, the idea is amazing, but in application it's rough and it's just mm. it's so heavy on D it's like CSI Villa Park like it's rough. it's so it's so forensic in detail. It, it's like the offsides on the on the on the millimeter and the toes and the the little frame by frame of um, did he win the ball or not? And you couldn't really really hundred percent tell. So mm. the clear and obvious fingers are. It's just and I ramble at this point, but yeah. <laughs> the IR brings everyone to a rough 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 time. No I can also what. I can also guarantee they wouldn't even be looking at that
0: McGinn one because they will just be attention on. Yeah on this Watkins thing and not even bothered about that there's been ones where's that, where that's happened before haven't they when they're looking at an offside or whatever and then not realising that it's a foul made before or whatever and it's just I don't know it's weird I don't think football should be analysed to that degree but this is where we are at this point so yeah, we have to deal with it
1: Football ain't cricket or baseball it don't happen in stages it's it's a fluid game and it needs a fluid officiating system so we don't yeah. have that whatever
0: Um, What about Mings' error? The
1: goal that was that was conceded Poor, wasn't it yeah it was bad again his critics people who've been you know they see some of the kind of almost nonsensical stuff he does sometimes um, when he's out of form especially and think you know what he's gonna he's gonna chuck a game away for us one day if he hasn't already and it happens and you know it comes up and it's like he can't defend that but what you can appreciate is the bounce back from it the resilience mm-hmm. to kind of go you know what i have chucked the game away but i can make i can get a new game going in the next half an hour he had, he had no I don't know what he was thinking doing that, passing back to the goalkeeper. It was almost like far too pedestrian and far too casual. But the bounce back is, is what I'm more concerned about. You're gonna make a mistake. Villa are gonna make mistakes. They're a young, young, they're a young football team and they're an improving football team. So how you bounce back from that, Dan, I think yeah is is what defines you How, are you gonna be characters are you gonna are you gonna strap and go right? i've give the game away we have lost this one now that's and that's on me I'm just gonna have a right you know episode about it or are you gonna do what he did and get yourself in in silly positions to make something happen somewhere where no center back should be almost yeah and he cuts it across and you know he makes up for it by being determined to to make up for the mistake so you know full credit to him for that because Look, I don't think we'd be where we are without wings especially in that match. We wouldn't have uh, conceded uh, if he wasn't so casual. But you know, he he gives us the catalyst to improve and get on. So you know, not happy about mistake, but I'm really I'm happy happy with how he got back into the game, mate. Uh, Kind of
0: flip-flopping all over the place here. There's ones where we've done these before, where we've lost a couple of games and people start saying, oh, forget Europe, just stop talking about it. And to an extent, (laughs) yeah, I'm I'm a little bit sick of it. And then I see the league table and realise we're only, I think, five points off that little cluster of teams on 49 points, I think they are, and we're on 44 possibly 45, my post-match live um, brain isn't into gear at the moment, but we're not a million miles away from European spots. So part of me is like, yeah, I'm sick of talking about it. I don't think they'll get there. They Certainly at this point, they're definitely not ready for it, but obviously there's a summer window before now and next season and potentially, potentially Europa League anyway. But there's people in the comments saying, like, oh, the European tour's back on. <laughs> so I, I don't know whether people are just being a little bit you know, sarcastic and you know, getting carried away with the win and all the rest of it, or people do think... Well, yeah, it's five points away and it, it could still be done. Simon Hudson, Europe's still on, there's a game in hand as well. I mean, wh- what do we think about Europe? It, it's not impossible, but the way Villa are up until the 77th minute today, we'd be going, no chance Villa are going to fall off a cliff and finish around mid-table and that, that'll be that. But Jack Greer should come back hopefully soon. If Villa do get, you know, what's nine games left, if they win five of nine, there's a decent chance they would get into Europe. It's not impossible.
1: no. It's not, it's not impossible. I think I think the best thing to say is I think we we, we want to come to conclusions and kind of get the anxiety of the rest of the season over. We won't all want to know where we end up. It's like last season, people were said, you know, we're relegated, just accept it. You know, don't believe we're going to stay up because they want that kind of, they want to cut the cord of, of that anxiety, but yeah, just enjoy the ride. And wherever we end up, it's, you know, enjoy. If we get to Europe, we get to Europe and that's fantastic. Um, If we don't, whatever, we don't need to make, we can make those predictions, but we don't need to hang our hat on it. now. Be fluid and if, you know, just enjoy, just enjoy the ride. If we if we get into into Europe, that's fantastic. If we don't, we've certainly done a lot better than last season. I know people are sick of that line, but the proof will be there. So let's see. Don't don't worry about it. If, if Villa can do that, then ideally they can uh, pick up the pace a bit earlier on and, and save us the uh, the trouble. What's your what's your gut feeling? Do you think we'll get into it or not? I think we could perform well enough to to definitely have the question. It's just. How that league table is going to like on the final game, whether you know West Ham are going to kick on and make it difficult for us to get a top seven, whether Everton, you know, are going to kick on as well. So I think we got it about us, especially if Jack Grealish comes back. But yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see, man. Don't want to make that prediction. What about you? You you always ask me for predictions. Yeah, my gut is that we won't. <laughs> We've got some difficult
0: games left this season, we'll we'll win a couple, you know, three or four out of the last nine or so and, and still be we'll have a decent end to the season, but we'll, not enough to get into uh into Europe. But but then there's people in the comments saying, like, do we even need it? Do we want European football? What yes. do you want? Oh, like, like, I don't want if, if not, yeah. I don't see why you'd turn your nose up but playing at a higher level. Somebody says we haven't even got the squad depth for for, for the league, let alone Europe, but there's a transfer window between now and the start of the next season so surely you would be ready by then if if someone said to you now you can play in Europe next year do you want it yes or no and that's all it laid on you'd say yes wouldn't
1: you you don't turn it down for no reason yeah 100% look I think Villa will have opportunities to compete in Europe down the line as well I really do believe that But just look at a side like Hull, for example, and they had one season in Europe and it it was something that fans look back on fondly. He went, you ain't got the squad for that, mate. You know, don't go. You know, you want 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 every chance to go to Europe possible. And that applies for smaller sides, mid-tier sides and big sides. You want to go to Europe every season, regardless it's also more likely you keep players like Jack Grealish if you're playing in yeah. European
0: competition. If, if people are commenting, and this is just a, a, a live free-flowing debate at this point, if you're one of the people that's saying you don't want Europe next season, give me a reason why as well, and we'll, we'll come back to it. Um, just, I'm just in, I'm genuinely interested why you wouldn't want European football next season. Dean says, I want to enjoy football in the Premier League first. Why Europe when we can't even beat the City United and Chelsea's? But then next season, you might beat City United and Chelsea and go on and beat teams in Europe as well. Do you know what yeah. I mean?
1: It's next season. Why, why, I don't know why you'd turn it down, but I'm intrigued to see why. You can only grow by facing different types of opp- opposition and playing in different tournaments and succeeding, not just in England, but you know elsewhere. So I get the depth thing, but we, as you said, we have a transfer window. I get the, I want to get better in the Premier League first, but what, you know, you, get better, exclusive, you get better in the Premier League. You're going to finish in Europe anyway. So the only difference is, you know, I get it. I get the concern about, Getting relegated and finishing in Europe by winning a, a cup, we want we want those European nights. We want that European success. We want to yeah. travel Europe when that's allowed again. Get it done. Getting if you get in this season, that's a bonus. If you get in next season, wow, it's you know enjoy. It. If if we land in Europe, I don't see the negative side of that. It's a negative. It's a good negative to have if you fall off in the league and you finish eleventh next season because you've had to go away to Ajax in the quarterfinal of the Europa League.
0: I you know what I mean? That. Yeah. <laughs> we won the championship two years ago. Like, why would you turn that down? You know, those people said, the only negative um, like reason I've seen so far is you said you more injuries, your, your squad gets tired out. Everyone else is like more money to spend, bigger incentive for players to come and sign. Like, there's more positive Euro, uh, reasons to get into Europe than not, I think. Um, still yet to see any serious reasons to say why they don't want Europe next season. So we'll come back to that if we get to it. Um, Danny says, if we don't get your up like to go strong in the Cups and win a trophy.
1: I'd love to see yeah. us win a trophy. Mate, even um, if it's just the... I was going to say the community shield, but you need to win a trophy to get into it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, let's, talk about, uh, let's talk about the substitutions then. I tweeted, just as Trezeguet scored, oh, subs don't make a difference though. And after he scored the second, someone replied to me like, like, what are you talking about? And I was like, no, my tweet is to take the mick out of everyone who as soon as Trezeguet came on, they went, oh, Guy, waste of space. No point. What are they bringing him on for? Davis, he's not going to contribute towards a goal. What's he bringing him on for? And Davis gets his assist and Guy bags two and turn the game around. Now It doesn't always work like that. There's been a lot of substitutions that Dean Smith have made that are pointless and you think, yeah, he doesn't doesn't know what he's doing here. That sort that of won't make a difference. Um, but today it all worked as expected and Dean Smith masterclass based on on that past 15 minutes. <laughs>
1: Don't know about MasterCast, but it was uh, it no, was no. good to see, mate, and it was good to see like a uh, Davis come on. Not not that like I thought at that point he was going to come on and change the game, but 66 minutes when he's been coming on at like 88, 79, 80, mm. you know, extra 10 minutes, the extra stage of the game to play. So it was nice. It was nice to see players come on. We've almost like nothing to lose in the best way. Like Douglas Louise, as you said, the squad looked just depleted. They look demoralised. They look like we know we've lost this. Douglas Louise is their period in the defensive third. It's like, yeah, that's not the nothing to lose we want. We want mm-hmm. the nothing to lose where you're just gunning in for them and you're running and chasing down every ball. And you're actually looking. Look, I'm, I'm not saying that they don't care, but there's a caring and looking like you care. And like there's there's like a separate level to that. And, yeah, you know, right, Davies came on and chased down every ball. Just it took pressure off so many Villa players. Trezeguet as well. Again, I've said it before, can't commend them enough, even if it is just one game and they don't come on and, and blow away uh, you know, the next day, uh, opposition down, down the road, it's like, came on and made a difference today, so full credit to the substitutions and, and credit to Dean Smith for making them a bit earlier as well. Yeah, that's what we needed, it's a change of formation as well isn't it? Going two up top and actually having a system that, that
0: seems to suit us better, Davis and Watkins playing up front together because the midfield has been an issue, so when we were aimlessly putting balls into the box at least there's extra bodies in the box with two up front. Do you think that's something that we could mark, we might persist with a 4-4-2? Four, four,
1: Maybe I, I don't
0: personally. <laughs> when Jack comes back, it's a, a wide three, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's like building the team without Jack. And if you believe what Villa say or what Dean Smith says, he could be back in the next game or the next game. And it's saying you're building the side without him, even though yeah. he's, a, him. he's a player you need to build around. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's always that kind of magic bullet. People expect you put two up top. You win games and you do better after a slump. I don't know, man. I, in this situation, situationally, yeah, we did all right. I, again, a lot of people saying I don't see the harm. Me either. Um, and if you're going to do it, now's the time, I guess. If, if we feel negative or positive, now's the time to prove why it wouldn't work. Because why not? When we were still losing the game, there's people
0: on, on Twitter saying, just throw the kids in. We've got nothing to lose now. Yeah. We're not going to go down. We're not going to get into Europe. What, what's the harm in playing the kids? Do you see, I mean as we've said before, there's still a slight possibility we'll get into Europe. <laughs> but is it, a, is it a stage of just chucking more kids in? Because I don't know how I feel about that. It comes around as a cliche with every club towards the end of the season when I know they're probably going to be, be mid-table. We've spoke about this before. We work on other clubs. I do a lot of stuff for Stoke City in, in our area. And they've had a season where they're not going to get in playoffs, they're not going to go down. And every time I do a Facebook Live with the Stoke City reporters, all their fans are saying is, play the youngsters, we've got nothing to lose nothing to lose now blood the youngsters, get them involved. And no club ever really seems to throw youngsters in towards the end of the season. You might get one or two here getting five minutes, or someone who's never played before gets two minutes in their, their first team day on the last day of the season. The team doesn't make three or four changes and chuck kids in for the sake of it for five or six games to go. So Villa won't do that. They'll persist with their first team and hope they can get some positive
1: results. Yeah, just to keep it really short, I think... When things aren't going the best, fans want to see change, whether that's a formation, a player being dropped, another player being brought in, or the kids being bloody. I mean, if you had to bring Kessler, Chuck Louis Barry in, that's three positions changing on the squad, on the bench, which is like a huge change in terms of personnel. So it, it just represents a change. And, you know, that change means you might see something different on the pitch. We can all agree what we've been seeing hasn't been the best. So I think it's just natural that when people see things going wrong, even if it's not completely falling off a cliff, the natural thing is blood the kids because that represents the biggest change to the personnel possible, I guess. i just had a tweet. I wasn't listening, by the way. But I'm reading as well.
0: <laughs> I've had a tweet saying, have we been playing Keenan Davis in the wrong position and is he more likely to end up as a winger than a striker? And we're judging him on his goal score is the wrong thing to do because he can run down the channel and hold people off and put balls in. I mean, he's he's done that once today and put a ball in and got an assist off the back of it so now all of a sudden he's a winger but he's a striker isn't he? A striker that mm. doesn't score goals and to the last point of that probably does make sense. Yeah, you shouldn't judge him on his goals alone because he he probably does bring more to that if we got to see him more often. His hold-up play is his strength more so than his goal-scoring ability but I think with Keenan Davis he has to play in a two up top doesn't he? And, and that's not going to be with Villa, I don't think.
1: Yeah, look, from a from our perspective, we haven't seen nearly enough for Keenan Davis to even make any assumption of where he could fit in. You know, he hasn't barely started games since that run of games under Steve Bruce. I know it's easy to go on Wikipedia and go, look, he's made 51 or whatever appearances. Those have been minutes and minutes and minutes here and there in, in yeah. short, short spells. He has played on the wing a few times and he's always looked like there is some kind of impact there. But he's, I, if you're saying like he's going to be the starting winger for Villa, it's difficult, but. We are all expecting some kind of change now to come after after this match. And whether it's Keenan Davis Stein, in a, in place of Algarzi on the wing or two up top, I just I simply don't know. Um, I assume Dean Smith will do what he's always done, stick to the guns, and we'll see kind of the same yeah. formation next time, fortunately for Davis.
0: There's an interesting point from Rich here that i will probably will end on. He says, how much should you change? How much should the opposition mean you change your style of play? Fulham this week, Liverpool next. We've heard Smith, I think, say things like horses for courses and different players for, for different, different teams and stuff, but we all seem to play the same lineup. Is it a thing to do that, to change,
1: change the system or change players specifically for different games? Or do you just stick with what you know? probably depends on like the individual philosophy of a club i guess i mean if you've got a certain way of playing do you want to rip the script up because man city are coming to town or do you want to tweak mm. certain things that could make it slightly like 2% more difficult for them yeah. i don't know with, with villa though i think you would obviously tweak how you play t- to face liverpool than you do fulham but ripping the script up and playing like a flat back 5 to take on Liverpool wouldn't be, you know, it, it wouldn't be my way of doing things. You, you'd still want the same kind of overall philosophy. You wouldn't want to change the entire identity of your team each mm. and every week because it's just, you know, I think people thrive when it's comfortable and changing yeah. those roles week in, week out can be difficult. One or two things here, inserting the Canberra to be a bit more of a ball winning midfielder than, than Douglas Luiz, for example, would be a positive thing. Changed the entire setup of the team and the way you play probably not, not for Villa because I don't think it would be quite a comfortable situation.
0: And just to finish finally, Ross Barkley it it wouldn't be a podcast without talking about him we need a creative midfielder with Jack being out for so long, doesn't really get a sniff today losing against Fulham and, and Jacob Ramsey comes on ahead of him, doesn't even get off the bench is that him done at Villa now do you think?
1: We'll see um, I, I wouldn't want to. I want <laughs>
0: political, these answers, they're very on defense. I, I, I want the
1: best for, for Ross Barkley because if he gets the best right now, that's be- that's really good for Villa. If he yeah. finds the form of his life, that's really good for Villa. So I want to sit here and write him off. But I think we've uh, we've Ash tweeting that he wasn't around when we come back out, and it's just like is Keenan Davis's heart is in it, Jacob Ramsey's heart in it, Douglas Ruiz even though he was casual, you know, at the end. His heart was in it. Tyron Mings, even though the casual sake, his heart was in it. Is Ross Barkley 110% committed to the Aston Villa project? And I, I couldn't give you, I couldn't say. And that's what, mm-hmm. what makes it difficult for me, mate. Is um, I'm not sitting here to, I don't want to be here to sit and write Ross Barkley off because we all know the player he can be. If he's that player, that's really good for Villa. So ideally, it comes back in the next game, but you never know. these things and it, you know, the evidence is there. Like, it's not likely, unfortunately. Yeah, I think we'll see dribs and drabs of Barker for the rest mm-hmm. of the season, then he'll
0: go back to Chelsea and he's their problem, basically, to deal with, not ours. Yeah. Um, Paul says, where's Kendrick? Part-timer these days. Uh, we spoke about like this on a previous <sighs> podcast, didn't we, that we'd be on our own today. And he texts the the group chat before we started. I'm going to show it just because the wording is funny. I don't know if you have to see it on here. Uh, he says, I'm off to waddle around a five-a-side pitch. That was 25 minutes ago uh, <laughs> in our podcast group chat, so... Maybe uh maybe Matt Kendrick's doing better <laughs> on the other side of pitching a bit of work in the first half today, but it's a funny sight, isn't it? Yeah. Tom also says, where's the baldy man? Which, too fair, I'm quite glad that I've not been given the, uh, <laughs> the bald shout with Matt not on the podcast, too fair.
1: I did um, see an injury, uh, not an injury, I did see a, a comment that said, uh, since his injury has been no good, and I thought that was about Matt Kendrick. But obviously, <laughs> it's on a, on a line. I was like, is it that good? He's getting more minutes than Ross anyway, to be fair.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. He probably do a better job. Boss <laughs> Barkley as well? Um, I don't know what position he is. I'm sure he's a left back. Um, we'll ask him the next time he does a podcast. Somebody remind us in the comments. I doubt if he's, he's can got get. the
1: speed for an overlap. I don't want to like sit here nah, in and yeah, like, but
0: it's five aside, isn't
1: it? There's not much to do. Five aside left back, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought he. I thought he was playing eleven aside. Nah, he's five aside. I think. Oh, so
0: he's yeah, just sitting there and doing
1: side.
0: Yeah, just <laughs> punt long balls up and try and shoot from the halfway line. That's what I'd do. Yeah, five aside. We'll ask him next week. We'll find out how Matt did and get give him a player rating. Right uh, <laughs> I know your your favourite thing to do. Um, so thanks everyone for tr- for tuning in this afternoon on Easter Sunday. Um, I was going to try and make some kind of joke about resurrection and Villa bringing things back to life on a on Easter Sunday, um, but I, I couldn't I couldn't work it out properly in my head to get it out. So along those lines, um, but yeah. Thanks, James, for joining me. Thanks to the almost five hundred people watching this live on Facebook and YouTube this evening for, you. for tuning in. We do appreciate it. We'll be back at some point during the week to chat all things Villa. Uh, Ash Priest will be reporting on on whatever's going on. And we've also got a a big interview with Brian Little coming out on Tuesday, the 6th of April. So stay tuned for that as well. That's a a really good watch. And you've seen it as well, James. And uh, not to blow our own trumpet, but... I mean, it's not blowing our own trumpet. It's Brian Little talking for an hour and a half. Like It's it's him being very good. Uh, So come back for that. We'll be back for the next game against Liverpool as well. Um, So cheers for watching all. And we'll be back soon.